Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, here is Daniel, and uh, today I'm uh, really happy because we have a great guest, uh, Dennis Yu from uh, Las Vegas, and uh, I've been following him for a while. Uh, I remember when I saw him uh, on stage in uh, 2019, and back then I was really early in my uh, digital marketing career, and uh, I think he's a great expert in Facebook ads, and that will be our main topic today. Um, hey Dennis, how are you today? Good to see you again, Daniel. Sorry? Good to see you again. Ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Great to see you again. Yeah. So, you know, we always start with some personal story because um, we love marketing, but, you know, we are we are humans. And uh, also, um, I think almost everyone uh, jumped into digital marketing by some accident or, or always there is some interesting story. And I'm really curious, what's your background? Uh, if you went to uni, what, what did you study? Uh, you know, when you were a kid, what, what really uh, spiked your interest back then? Yeah, I was a math person because I didn't speak much English. So math was my way of getting back at people. And okay. I, <laughs> I became a search engine engineer and I built the internal analytics at Yahoo 20 something years ago. And I felt that behind anything in business, behind how much people make, behind algorithms, there's always the math to figure out what's going on as long as there's data. So when it comes to things like Facebook advertising, they have a ridiculous amount of data. And if you leverage things, the right, you know, leverage the algorithm, put the right ingredients into the machine, then you can drive sales. And I found that as a math and a data person in a world where there's a lot of marketing people and salespeople and general business people, yeah, yeah. It gives me a different angle. Very interesting. And uh, so it was around 20 years ago, right? And back then, uh, we can say that you were among the first people who really started connecting maths with human psychology. Yeah. Well, we had because to do it off of search logs because back then, before social networks, before even there was video, it was just people that were moving between different forums, for example, or we had bulletin boards and it was text and people had to actually navigate. They had to initiate saying, this is where I'd want to go. And maybe it was on Unix and you would use Telnet and Post and other kinds of tools. And thus you had data to see what were people doing, what were people searching from, and you could see where they were searching from. You had an IP address, for example. And so we learned a lot about people's behavior because they had to initiate it each time. Now it's flipped because information is being pushed to you. So you don't have the same level of intent of what people are looking for because they're just scrolling. Most people now, I think 80 something percent of people, they get their news through social media, which is being pushed to them. So they're actually searching on a particular topic. And because there's more information on what people are doing passively, like consuming, like watching video, like TikTok's algorithm, then it's, it's a different set of signals to be able to process. Yeah, I think TikTok is really the ultimate platform where we can see that people, they just scroll. And Instagram went into this direction as well. 
you know, when it came out uh, like five, six, seven years ago. And now yeah. TikTok is really the, and Snapchat, I think it's quite similar to uh, TikTok in this sense that it's just super fast videos. Um, yeah, it's really for yeah. consumption, I would say. Yeah, Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts are all based on a similar algorithm as TikTok, which works great for e-com as long as you can produce the kind of content that attracts people's attention, which is largely video. Most e-com folks aren't making video. Yeah, so maybe you are the right person to ask. I'm really curious here. So why? what do you think why TikTok is so popular? Why Snapchat was popular, used to be popular, but nowadays it's... I I, don't, I cannot see it here in Europe anymore. Maybe in the US yeah. people yeah. use it. I don't know. Well, but, Facebook tried to buy Snapchat, as you know, and Snapchat said no. Yeah. So Facebook went ahead and built those features into Instagram. And now the mm -hmm. TikTok come along and they're of a different group. They're willing to do a lot more with the data where it's based on the activity of what people they're doing and based on things like reading what's into the background. So for example, if I had a particular book and I had certain words in the background, TikTok is using that. We made a TikTok at Jake Paul's house and the algorithm recognized that was Jake Paul's house with the Lego wall and it showed it to all these other people who like Jake Paul. That's something that Facebook wow. or LinkedIn or Twitter is not going to do. They're not going to go into image recognition. So TikTok's gone so much further that it's proprietary and they won't talk about what they're doing with the algorithm. But we know, for example, that if you watch that same video multiple times, the points where you stop or if you go back, they take that into consideration and it learns very quickly. So I think there's a huge opportunity in e-commerce for ads because the traffic is cheap and the conversion's great if you have the right kind of content. And what was the condition to have this really smart algorithm for TikTok and why Snapchat doesn't have it on most platforms? Snapchat doesn't have the same audience anymore. Snapchat had their opportunity. It's not to say that they're not a great platform. We work closely with the Snapchat marketing team. They give us things like ad credits to be able to encourage advertisers to do more. But I think now Snapchat is more around local. It's more around offers. It's more around messaging between friends. So most of the people that use Snapchat now use it as kind of like another, you know, instant messenger, if you will, from 20 years ago. But in terms of the fun, engaging content, the lenses, the filters, that's going to be on TikTok right now. That's where the young adults are in the same yeah. way that I think AOL Instant Messenger was amazing. And then Skype came along and then there was Slack. But I don't see any difference between Snapchat versus ALN's instant messenger is still a messaging platform, but it's, there's always the latest one, which is, which has less friction and it's a lot easier to send messages and there's more video. And plus it's cooler because it has the younger generation. Yeah. 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 Really interesting. Um, what do you think about Facebook and TikTok? Um, because now I can see that many advertisers, they move to TikTok or at least they try it. Yeah. And yeah. I, I have a friend here in Budapest and amazing business guy. Uh, they are around 30, 40 million euros uh, a year in revenue. They are an e-commerce fashion brand and they completely left Facebook last year. The One of the co-founders spent six months to do a research on all the platforms. They started doing a lot of other things like Pinterest, uh, yeah. Tabula, uh, Google, they invested really heavy, heavy in uh, Google and they completely left Facebook. And 
I don't know. That's, and it's, it's an eight-figure business a year. Uh, so it's very interesting, let's say. Uh, that, yeah. and, and they double their revenue in, the, in one year. Uh, and they also left Facebook. So for me, it's really interesting. And uh, yeah. what do you expect from, from TikTok and Facebook? And what do you expect in the next one, two years, let's say? Let's not uh, look yeah. you know, five years from yeah. today. Well, the impact with iOS 14, where you're losing a lot of retargeting and primary audiences has made it so that we're losing 20 to 30% of conversions. Even though with Facebook ads, you still have to use UTM parameters. That may be where a lot of your conversions are going. You have to use the conversion API, which will tie back with Shopify or whatever your CRM or backend cart is using. You see the price of traffic has nearly doubled in the last two years. So it used to be maybe a four or five dollar CPM a couple of years ago. And now we see averages that are eight to 10. No matter what your objective is, you're going to be looking at eight to 10 or even more. If you're looking for messenger messages as the objective or conversion as the objective, and it's a small audience, you might even be looking at 40 or $50 CPMs. Now look at what it costs on Snapchat, maybe a dollar 50 to $2, TikTok, $2 to maybe $3. So the cost of the traffic is much, much less. And in terms of the government scrutiny, GDPR, these rules on HIPAA, data protection, it, it's going all in one direction where Facebook yeah. has gotten in trouble and they've been able to outrun the regulators and outrun the law, but it's going to catch up. And I predict in the next year or two, Facebook is going to have to split up WhatsApp or Messenger or Instagram. They might have to become separate companies. There's definitely going to be some kind of regulation like that. And there's a lot less regulation on TikTok because the there's moment. been so much attention. Yeah, there's been so much attention on Facebook. They're basically the car that's speeding and all the other cars are in behind. But, you know, t on, on Twitter and LinkedIn, we have some incredible ways to be able to target, which you wouldn't think would work for e-commerce, but actually do. And YouTube is way better, right? You, everyone that we know in e-com is they've shifted a lot of their budget over from Facebook to YouTube, they're still using Facebook for retargeting. They're still doing custom audiences based on email, but in terms of mid funnel or driving people to a landing page or to a product, the best way to get discovery is through where you're educating people and that long form kind of video on YouTube where the average watch time is over a minute is just generally better than Facebook. You know what the average watch time on video on Facebook is? A few seconds. Six seconds. Yeah. So if you want to be able to showcase your product, like let's say I want to talk about, you know, I want to sell this, this Apple TV device and I want to talk about this. I can't show you enough in six seconds, right? Versus YouTube, people go to YouTube, they're going to watch that video. They're going to stay. They're going to engage. TikTok, people, are, they're so engaged because the algorithm is feeding them. And then when someone engages on a particular type of content, notice it'll keep feeding you the same kind of content. So when you have personality-based selling. So I could be, right. I could be selling this product. I could be selling, you know, Hey, here's a GoPro and here's all kinds of things I can do with the GoPro. Look at all these cool things. And I'm using people to sell and there's experiences and it's entertaining and it's engaging. I'm going to do very well on YouTube and I could still do well on Facebook, but it's increasingly tougher just because of regulation, the cost of traffic's going up. I'm not saying leave Facebook. I think that's abrupt at what your friend's doing. Most of our e-commerce clients are still using Facebook and Google as the primary. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. experimenting with the other channels, right? You wanna put your, the key is creating short form, interesting vertical video. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Here, people... I'll show you an hour ago. Look, an hour ago, I was, I was walking on the Las Vegas Strip 
and we made some promo videos for some of our friends using this iPhone. And this is literally what we're producing. You know, I'm walking along, making video, talking about stuff, and we're going to chop this up into little pieces where we're just walking around. Some of it is vertical video. Some of it is literally just right here as I'm talking about things. And I'm, I'll say like, hey, here's three tips that I have on how to do Facebook ads. Or you know, here's one thing I noticed that I thought was really interesting and just short little 15 second tips like that while I'm walking, you know, we're here in Las Vegas. I have a lot of these examples where we're, we're making these videos, right. In interesting yep. locations, right. Like yeah. this. Yeah. This was nice. one hour, one hour ago we were doing this. Yeah. Ex yeah. That's great. And uh, the background is natural and very nice. Um, I think when you have some nice buildings or architecture in the background, that's always great. Uh, unlike a studio, which, you know, it, it can look like, like, um, I don't know what word to say. Like, an advertisement. Yeah. Yeah. Like an ad or, or it's, it's a bit artificial. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And yeah, as you said, so if it's people based selling or especially educational selling, then YouTube is amazing. Mm -hmm. And I can also see that as an email marketer that YouTube is the best for traffic and SEO because people look yeah. for something, they type it in, they look, they watch the video, they subscribe later. And mm -hmm. we had a client where the open rates of the emails were like 80, 90%, click rates 20, 30%. And yeah, I never seen that with Facebook ads or even Google <laughs> ads. So that's amazing. Right. And it was it was around influencers. So, you know, the, these people were crazy about this topic. Um, yep. I, I, I just, I think simply most, especially small businesses and people starting out, they just don't know how to do it, how to educate right. people. They have to learn it. They have to learn good marketing. So that's why it's really hard to start there. And they yeah. tend to do Facebook ads and, and short Facebook ads because I think it's just easier. Uh, yeah. It's easier to make a one minute video than it is a 20 minute explainer video. Exactly. Even though you can round up your customers, you can round up your staff and have them demonstrate how to use the product. Yeah. One of our friends, Seeds of Life client, they sell magnolia trees that you plant when a loved one dies to remember them. Mm -hmm. yeah. And they tell so many stories. I remember my mom and here's a story about my mom where she did something special. And so we planted this tree and this tree represents this. And then when my children grow older, they can see the tree gets bigger and you know, we have these other memories. So we're telling stories. So technically they're e-commerce selling little trees that people can plant, but really what they're doing with Facebook and YouTube and PPC is they're, they're telling the stories of all these different people. And that's the next step in e-com. Most people that in order to go past a million and in, into 10 or $20 million per year, you have to break into the stories. You have to break into creating lots of content. So ironically, the growth comes not from having a better product, but from having better marketing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you'd sell not just the product, but the story. Yeah. And uh, you sell not just the features and benefits, but the story. And yeah, I completely agree. Um, yeah. Let's talk about Facebook ads more because I know it's one of your main uh, areas. So uh, where to start with Facebook ads? Um, what, what, so just a very generic question. What do you think why a Facebook ad is a good Facebook ad or how to create good Facebook ads on a consistent basis as a company? A good Facebook ad is a video featuring your customers. So when you collect feedback from your customers on how they feel 
not what they're doing, not testimonials, but how they feel about your product. That makes all the difference because that's how people decide because of the why, because of the emotion. So one of the companies, Blitz Gifts or Pet Party, where we're selling socks with people's faces on them. So we do this. We've ordered thousands of these for customers, people who will buy training from us. We'll send them a pair of socks. We don't mention it. This is just a special bonus, right? They see a pair of socks in the mail that come to them with a handwritten note, and it has a, their face on the pair of socks. What a surprise, right? You've never seen anything as yeah. unique as this. And we know that if our if we're able to acquire a new customer for thirty dollars when they order a, a pair of face socks, you know they go to blitzgifts.com and order that. We know that based on attribution and how many times they reorder, you know that's going to be profitable for us. Then what we do is we have we have thousands. I could even log in and show you right now. We have thousands of UGC of user collected, user generated content, and we have a team of VAs that take those pictures on Instagram and Facebook. Cause when people get those socks with their faces on them, they're going to share that on social media or they're going to text it to me. I get it all the time on my phone where people say, Oh my goodness, I opened the mail and I had a, some socks with my face on them. Thank you so much. And I'll take that and I'll say, yeah. wow, that is amazing. Can I share that on social? And they say, yes, of course. So we have this library of thousands of these and we've made thousands of ads that are literally just taking pictures of people posing with their socks. Same thing for seeds of life where we went last year from, I think, 1.2 million to 2.5 million just in the last year because our strategy was let's collect the stories from our community about how they're honoring their loved one or about how you know, the, the things that father had to do to be able to care for the family. Or maybe your pet died and your pet, you're planting this tree in memory of your pet. Let's, let's have pictures of your pet. Tell me stories about your pet. Right. So we've gone into full community management curation mode, even to the point where we're starting a podcast. Right. So let's have a, a professional way just like here where we can collect these stories and put it out there and people don't see it as advertising. They consume yeah. it just like they consume Netflix. And along the way, they learn about the product. So now they want to buy pet socks with their pet's face on them. Now they want to buy a treat. Now they want to buy some of the other products that we have because they connect with those people. So with Facebook, the key is collect lots and lots of 15 second and one minute stories. If you need to get on Zoom or you need to get on some other kind of tool that like uh, here to be a stream yard to be able to collect these little video interviews, then you can do that. There's tools that will allow you to send out a link and then they can submit a video right there. But I find it's not the same as when you are there with them live, talking with them, coaching them through. One of our clients is the largest home services company in the United States and he installs garages, you know, garage doors and things like this. So he sends out technicians. And when the technician's done, that technician will ask the lady, usually it's a mom saying, Hey, you know, just wanted to ask, how do we do? And I wanted to collect a review because it's part of my compensation. If you leave me a positive review, is that okay? And they say, yes. Okay, great. So they hold on on the side and they say, can you tell me about your experience today from the beginning to the end? Oh, well, you mm -hmm. showed up on time. You're professional. You did a good job. You know, I'm very happy. My house looks beautiful. Great. Tell me, how did it make you feel? And that's the key word. How do you feel? And they'll say, well, I feel that so much happier because, you know, this was an issue and you came, you're very quick and you did a great job. Great. I'm so glad that you feel that way. Tell me one more time. How did that make you feel? And they'll answer it again. And they'll say, and what would you say? This is an MPS question. And what would you say to a friend who needed their garage door? fixed or replaced. Oh, I would definitely recommend a one garage door.
because Tommy Mello and his team, they you know did a really good job for me and I'd love to tell my friends about it. So you can see how we're stacking it, right? We're asking factual questions. We're asking yeah. how they feel. And then we ask for the recommendation that works for any kind of product or service. And it works best when you or people on your operations, if you're bigger, you have an operations, customer service, marketing team, and you have those people collect it live on Zoom. And now you've got a library of all these and then you turn them into ads. Because then at the end you say, wow, thank you so much, Sophia, for sharing the story. This is so good that we'd love to be able to share that on social media. Would that be okay? And they say, oh, yeah, sure. I'd love to, right? Is my hair okay? Oh, yeah, don't worry. Our video editors will make you look good. And so that's literally what we apply with all of our e-commerce clients. And people that go through our training do the same thing, is you have to become an expert at collecting video feedback. When you do that and you edit it the right way, and I'll tell you what those components are of editing the right way so the videos and, you know, so you don't make the basic mistakes. You run those as conversion ads, 15 seconds video. So that, and then you run all placements. So that way it's able to get the Instagram stories. You start with remarketing. Then you do with 1% lookalike audiences. Then you do things like, you know, larger lookalike audience or interest-based targets. Therefore, you're driving sales immediately and getting to 50 conversions per ad set per week. Then you're growing that pool so you can grow more remarketing audiences in the middle. So how educational kind of content. So how people are using your product, your employees showing it, you showing it. All the way up to brand where you have different kinds of stories of why you started the company and how do you feel and things that you would imagine that bigger brands are doing. But the direct sales, sharing knowledge, telling stories, those are the three stages in the funnel. And so you build your funnel bottom up in Facebook instead of top down. The user may experience top, middle, bottom. But when you build the campaigns, most people get this wrong in Facebook. And then they say, oh, I tried Facebook ads and it didn't work. You build bottom up and you start with video. You create ad sets that have largely videos in them, but you may put in carousel. You may put in you know, dynamic ads. You may have a collection of images. You have, you have different mixes of content, not just video. Usually the video is going to do better. And then the video that you have at each of these stages in the funnel, you have vertical video. Do not use a bumper. Have proper sound where people are mic'd up. Instead of using the, the phone's built-in camera, you actually wear a microphone like you saw me doing. And you put captions in, automatic captions, or you can add them yourself. And then you optimize to conversions. So you, you do all of this and the system will optimize for you. You don't have to, we used to three or four years ago, we would create lots and lots and lots of different audiences, you know, a one day, seven day audience, yeah, yeah. our very best email customers on the entire list and all, all these different combinations, people who like this and like that. But now we found the algorithm is so smart that you literally just do remarketing against your entire base as one audience, yeah. then your lookalike, 1% lookalike, or maybe a 3% lookalike. Right. And, and so the, you don't have to create more than just a few audiences. What you're going to do is create lots of content and then put them into different campaigns. And you have four or five pieces of content that are competing within the same campaign using campaign budget optimization. So bottom of funnel, driving the conversion, mid funnel content, still choosing conversion and then top of funnel choosing either video view or post engagement, which is a boosted post. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for sharing all of these, Dennis. It was I'm not a Facebook marketer by, you know, by nature, but uh, these were amazing. And actually we got comments as well. So um, <laughs> let's talk about UGC more. So um, it sounds like you are a huge fan of UGC uh, and everyone should go 200% on this strategy. <clears throat> also because in our last uh, podcast episode, I talked to a uh, agency owner and 
it just saves money for the for the brand because they don't need a studio they don't need to pay influencers and and a lot of things um so i i guess it's a never ending story right you cannot have enough uh, ugc content no thousands you always yeah. do it and and you should automate it or what do you think should it be automated because now we now you mentioned this technician that should uh, collect the testimonials should it be automated and the customer just you know sends you a video or it should be more like an interview where you lead them by questions and it's more organized it's more effort but you're going to get a better product if you're interviewing them because you're going to have better energy you're going to develop rapport they'll you'll be able to ask feedback and follow up kinds of questions so certainly your very best customers you want to talk to them especially if you're the founder or you're a manager you're an owner you're the face of the company they want to see you and so there's so many different ways of doing it it's the same thing as being on a podcast that's really just a really long testimonial interview sharing your knowledge but it's not directly pitching it's not an infomercial right now if you have lots of customers so with the the sock company right we have literally hundreds of thousands of customers we can't get on the phone with 100,000 customers yeah but yeah. we can do it with a few hundred we can hire virtual assistants or other people to be able to call them up and ask them questions and we can use automation to be able to send follow up emails into our email system could be clavio and fusionsoft whatever your favorite thing is following up saying hey daniel here i'm so glad that you just bought such and such product i would love it if you would share with me you know how you like the product and good things bad things i would just love to hear from you thank you so much right and you make yeah. a video doing that if you send them an email with words telling them to make video they're not going to make video if you want them to make video you have to make video for them yeah that's a good one yeah you have to invest into this relationship and yeah if a founder sends a video from a big brand i think that's a huge thing people yeah. really appreciate it yeah. um, that is there is a supplement uh, brand here in Europe it's called Biotech and I'm a huge fan of them and actually I tried to reach out to their marketing director for a while maybe he's listening to this episode I don't know uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I I couldn't uh, so far and uh, that would for me that would be a huge thing I really like these brands I'm a yeah. marketer so yeah 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 one of my favorite brands Blaze Pizza I was there at Universal Studios a week or two ago in Los Angeles. Flew in just to go have fun there and stopped at Blaze Pizza and I just posted on Twitter, "Wow, I really love Blaze Pizza. You guys are mm -hmm. fire." Right? I get all the toppings and then they retweeted me. And then they engaged. So it's actually yeah. pretty easy to engage with brands on Twitter or Facebook or these other channels. You would not believe how often they will respond. And then when they do and they say something good, they can either use your content or you can use their content with permission and now i can show i can say hey look we're having a conversation with blaze pizza this is what i said this is what they said this is really you know funny because we go back and forth and say things that are yeah. funny yeah 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 actually that's and they're great. Using, they're, great they're using the feedback that i'm providing as a testimonial now they've mm -hmm. got a whole list of all the of the people that are taking pictures of their pizza right imagine how much proof that is and they create a collage of all the customers that are you know all the soccer teams or all the moms yeah. Or all the people at Universal Studios, different combinations of all the UGC, and now you've got this amazing library you can continue to reuse. For the sock company, we have some ads that we have spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on that have been alive for several years, right? 
and we're constantly testing, but we find the ones that have won before continue to stay on. That's called winner stay on. And you'll see that with Facebook ads. You can launch lots and lots of ads, but usually the one that is winning, you just keep putting more money on it. So why keep launching new sales? Why keep talking about new products? You can do that. Spend 20% of your budget on Facebook on things that are new. But if you want to scale, you should spend 80% of your budget testing and refining things that are already working, ads that are already working. So you can try to get squeeze even more conversion. That's where you have A-B testing. You test landing pages. But you only do that level of testing and refinement once you've already found a winner. Yeah. People yeah, go crazy. They create lots and lots of ads or they create all these different variations that are too close to right? The whole thing. Yeah, and I said you're you're still testing the same thing. You should test batches of three or four ads at a time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, let's talk about copywriting, script writing, because mm -hmm. and and research. Um, if someone, so not not let's not talk about UGC, but other other videos on Facebook. So uh, I used to be a copywriter, and I think it's super important for videos. But almost everyone ignores this topic. Um, yeah. What do you think about good copywriting for videos? And what should be the process just in a nutshell? Well, copywriting and script writing and planning out the video is one and the same because you have to figure out if you're making the video as opposed to UGC, you have to be able to storyline it out into, you know, what is the hook to get their attention? And then what is the pain that you're igniting? How do you introduce your solution? And then what's your call to action? So I consider that copywriting, script writing. And if you're going to make video or if you're going to create a link page, you're going through the same framework of people going through, you know, PAS or IDA or yeah. awareness consideration, <clears throat> whatever your framework is of different stages in the funnel. I consider that copywriting because you're bringing people through those other stages. There's really cool AI tools like Jarvis.ai that will do that copywriting for you. Another way to do this copywriting is when you interview your customers on Zoom and they've just bought your product, you might ask them, so what was it that inspired you to buy? Right? What was it that, that caused you to make that decision? And they'll say, it was because I saw, you know, this is because the, the way that, you know, I, the, it mops up your messes in the kitchen very quickly or anyway, whatever it is. I think one of the folks I talked to, they were interviewing moms and the mom said something like, honey, are we out of Cheerios? Or something like that was the thing that spawned them to then purchase the product. And then my friend used that in his email subject lines. He used it in his Facebook ads. He used it in his PPC copy. He's literally using phrases that are so unique that only resonate with the mom. Imagine you're a mom in the kitchen and the two-year-old, you know, is is looking for the Cheerios or, you know, whatever it might be. And you can you can imagine that kind of you could as a copywriter, you couldn't come up with something so specific like that but when you record your customers in zoom and you pull out you use you know whatever rev.com auto.ai descript.com whatever your favorite tool is to transcribe that yeah. and you pull out the actual phrases they're using it's still ugc again a custom we found the customers write the best copy and then we tune it through tools like a uh, jarvis.ai or we have professional copywriters tune it can you tell us more about uh jarvis.ai jarvis right was uh, started by my friend Dave Roggenmesser and Austin D. Still, and it used to be called Conversion.ai. And prior to that, they created a company called Proof. So Proof is the browser plug, and it says, "Oh, seven people from Orlando or Budapest are looking at this thing right now." Right, the little thing here to create social proof. Yeah, and they're using a technology called GPT-3. GPT-3 is licensed from the OpenAI Foundation. So OpenAI is Elon Musk and the Google founders and all the big tech founders saying, hey, 
AI is so powerful, so dangerous. We need to control it because some evil person could take it and try to destroy the planet yeah. or something. So they put it in the OpenAI Foundation, and the commercial arm is called GPT-3. And companies can apply for a license to GPT-3 to use the engine to be able to generate text and write copy and subject lines and do SEO and write Facebook ad headlines and YouTube descriptions and write test customer reviews and LinkedIn you know, recommendations, like any kind of like literally write a whole book. You can write a whole book for you, right? And you can't even tell because it's not plagiarism. It's literally scouring the internet using something like 30 trillion pieces of content and generating something for whatever your objective is in the tone of voice of whoever you want. So I'll come in and I'll say, okay, generate it in the tone of Samuel L. Jackson. And it'll sound like Samuel L. Jackson saying, or in the tone of your favorite influencer, in the tone of, you can even put my name in there. The systems learn so much about me. It actually will write words in the, using the same cadence and the vocabulary that I use when I talk. And it's incredible. I'll put in friends in there that are reasonably well-known and ask them, write a quarter. For example, one of my favorite ones is called a Quora answer. Write a Quora answer about why, you know, TikTok is bad or why social media is addictive or why you should buy this particular product or how come there are 10 ways on how to do such and such better. And it'll just generate the whole blog post. Fantastic. Then you come in, you add in your images, you add in some of your unique pieces so that way you're customizing it, but it brings you 90% of the way there and you customize these other components. So I think that's going to turn copywriting upside down. A lot of my friends that do copywriting for a living are now learning how to use these tools instead of seeing them as an enemy. Really interesting. And I'm sure it's good for content writing, blog post writing. How about sales copywriting where, you know, quantity doesn't matter. It has to be really on point and we've tested yeah. it. It writes better headlines than I can mm -hmm. better headlines than my friends who are professional mm -hmm. copywriters that have done tens or hundreds of millions of dollars of sales. Just one line. It'll come up with blog. One of my other favorite tools is the blog topic, blog post topic idea, and it'll generate 10 blog topic ideas. You choose the one you want and then it'll write a whole blog post, generate the outline, turn each of those points in the outline into a whole paragraph. It's not just general text. It's anything that involves words. It's incredible. Yeah, we tried, <clears throat> we tried a similar tool. Now I, I don't remember the name of it, but what we found, it was last year. Mm -hmm. And what we found is our copywriters, they understand the recent news better and, yeah. and uh, contextual, contextual things like the customers are in the UK in, I don't know, London, and they speak yeah. differently than people in New York. And yeah. they understand it pretty well. And the AI yeah. was not good there yet. Uh, it's coming. So recent news, it's two years behind. So the AI is only barely or really not aware of coronavirus, right? It's not aware of breaking yeah. news. But as the technology catches up, I think it'll be closer and closer to real time in the next year or two. But you'll find today, especially in the last three months, so much has changed in the last three months in terms of how much faster the robot has learned. It, that's why they call it Jarvis, which is the, what is it, Iron Man, where the, there's the robot here and there, the you know nuclear power plant yeah. here. And it is now smart enough to distinguish things like New York pizza versus pizza in New York, right? And be able to write things in different languages and use idioms in the right way. It's becoming very clever. Okay, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Dennis, is there anything else you want to share uh, with, with our audience today? The key with Facebook ads, 
for those of you guys who realize that it's still a huge opportunity is lots of video and simple ad structures. Facebook has simplified Facebook ads so that if you can just put in short form, interesting video, which is similar to what you would use in TikTok and Snapchat, that same video you can use across all the different social media channels. It's only slightly different across each of these channels because the AI is so smart for each of these networks. Talk to all any of your friends, just like you know I talk to my friends and we compare notes on what we're doing in e-commerce and all of us are focusing on improving the quality of our video content. I'm a search engine person, right? I'm a search engine engineer. I'm a programmer. I'm a database person. I am not a video person. I'm not someone who wants to be on video. I don't want to collect video. I don't want to mess with video cameras, but even I have realized that if I didn't move to video, I would miss out. And Facebook is an incredible opportunity. I still think Facebook is the number one channel for driving sales in e-commerce, except maybe Google search, but I don't think that's really driving sales. I think that's harvesting sales because people are already looking for it. But in terms of generating sales, Facebook is still number one, but you have to adapt to the system to put in video. A lot of the tools and techniques that used to work before, third-party tools that did keyword research and targeting, competitive tools to see what ads people are running, all that's gone away. All the third-party retargeting tools are going away because all those pixels are getting eliminated. You know, Google Chrome is lim eliminating third-party pixels. And, you know, the competitive spy tools, you don't need that anymore because the Facebook ads library already shows you. You can look, put yeah. in their name and you see all the ads they're running and who they're targeting and how much money they're spending, things like that. So it ironically, even with all the problems of people saying, oh, I left Facebook or Facebook's too expensive or my ads got disapproved. Yeah, all that. There is, there's still no better time to run Facebook ads than now. Yeah, I totally agree. And I can see it with our clients as well, that most of them, they still heavily rely on Facebook. It works for them. Of course, they complain. But if you are in a marriage with Facebook, then you will complain sometimes. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's still just huge. like Amazon, right? A lot of people hate Amazon, but you can't not be on Amazon. We don't like it, but we have to be there. And yeah. I think the most common situation I see, at least in the folks that we work with, is they've grown with Facebook and maybe things aren't as good as they used to be, but they're so dependent upon Facebook that they're, they're thinking, well, if I completely lose Facebook, I'm in trouble because so much of my sales are on Facebook. I need to protect myself and diversify into these other channels. So you still want to grow with Facebook, but you want to take take the stuff that is working on Facebook, mainly that video content, and repurpose it into Snapchat, Instagram, which is part of Facebook, TikTok, other folks, right? YouTube, right? YouTube maybe is a little bit different because you need longer form content, but you literally can create one content library of video, create it centrally, and then separately distribute it for all these other channels. So you're not creating content for Facebook or content for TikTok. You have a central video library. Then you repurpose it into Square and Portrait and Landscape yeah, yeah. and all, the the right shore, all that stuff. Yeah. And you have to understand the context of the platforms, uh, how people use it. And I think Gary Vee talks a lot about it, that Snapchat is different than TikTok and LinkedIn right. and so on. Um, and actually, if you take a look at his content, I, I think you can learn a lot. Yeah. Everyone can learn a lot how to understand the context of the platforms. Yeah. Um, thank you, Dennis, today for uh, being in our uh, podcast. And if anyone wants to reach out to you or find you, then where they can find you. Whatever your favorite channel is, go <laughs> look for me there. Yeah, it's pretty hard to miss me. Yeah, we will Love put that. Yeah, go ahead. 
we will put the links uh, into the description of this uh, podcast so everyone can just click and it it will be easy um so thanks again for coming into the show and thanks everyone who listened to us today stay tuned we are coming out new episodes actually today we will have one more live stream in a few hours and uh, we will talk about the new iOS changes and how it affects email marketing so um stay tuned and uh, thanks again have a nice day Thank everybody Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.